Hey everybody, I'm so glad that you're joining us today. My name is Matt Wolf, and I'm the lead pastor here at Stapleton Church. We are all about helping people follow Jesus, and we want to help you take your next step following Jesus because when you take a step following Jesus, it's the path to the fullest life. And the fullest life today that we're going to learn about is the confidence that we can have. Doesn't confidence sound good? Having more of it? I think we all long for it, especially in times like these, when things are worrisome, when we don't know what's going on with the pandemic or with our finances or with even the economy around us. We don't even know what's happening with health. We lack confidence. So where do we find true confidence? There was an article written in Psychology Today, and they interviewed 75 different high-powered women. These were women who had achieved success in their different fields. What was fascinating about the article was that every single one of these 75 different women, highly successful women, viewed their success through the lens of their fathers. Now, some of them had had terrible dads and were raised very poorly or had absent fathers and yet all of them wanted to impress their fathers. Now, I don't think it's just women. I think it's all of us that we long to impress a father, a parent, a coach, a teacher. We look for someone, maybe even someone who has passed on or isn't around. We still want to impress them and want them to view us that we are doing a good job, that we are doing great. And we look for that to find the confidence within. But I want to encourage you today to not fight for your confidence, to seek for it in other people, because we can have a confidence within. When we find security and when we find confidence in our Father's love. So my challenge to you today is to find your confidence in the Father's love. So what we're going to do today is look at a passage of Scripture as we continue our series called Victory through Romans chapter 8, one of the greatest chapters in the entire Bible. And as we look at just four little verses, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, we're going to see three different ways that our relationship with our Father helps us have confidence that we can find our confidence in the Father's love. And we can find that in our status, in our access, and in our success. Yeah, it's going to be good. If you are following along, you can use the YouVersion Bible app on your phone or perhaps on a different tab of your browser. And through there, you can have some notes. You can take notes so that you can have those um, and, and look back at those. The link for that is found in the post for this video whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. And I want to encourage you to dive in this passage with me because it is so rich, so beautiful, so powerful, and can give us the confidence we need, especially right now. So let's look together. The first aspect of this confidence is that we have a new status. A new status. And this comes from verses 14 and 15 of Romans chapter 8. Paul writes... For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Do you see the status that God bestows on us when we put our faith in Jesus? Now, a couple weeks ago when we started this series on Easter, we learned that Jesus was condemned so that we could live in victory. 
that because of what Jesus did on the cross, dying, and then proving the power of his death through his resurrection three days later, we know that our sins and all of our condemnation, the the self-condemnation that we're viewing ourselves poorly and looking down on ourselves, all of that is taken away. And we can walk in victory and live in victory from that, fighting from victory. And then last week we saw that as we continue that life in victory, we are given a power from God, His Holy Spirit. And whatever you're facing, that you're dealing with internally, that you're dealing with sin, your sin nature, that the Holy Spirit is actually stronger, that the Spirit is stronger than whatever you're facing and fighting. And that's how we can fight the war within. And today we're going to continue that on because we need a confidence to move forward in that battle against sin, in that battle for life, even just to move forward in what we're dealing with right now. And we find confidence in our Father's love. And the first aspect of that is through our status as his children. That's right. It says our adoption to sonship. When we put our faith in Jesus, what happens is that we are adopted by the Father in heaven. God becomes a father. It's a new relationship. And this adoption is a permanent thing. It says our adoption to sonship. And I know some women kind of don't like that language of being a son of God. But, but please, we men have to become the bride of Christ. You know, that's one of the terms the Bible uses for Christians, for the church. So I think it's, we're all on fair footing here. Okay, We are adopted as sons. We are adopted as children. We are the sons and daughters of God when we come to Jesus in faith. And that's an interesting thing. This relationship is something completely new. And we know that when you are adopted, you are part of the family. You're loved by the parents. Now, this is important. My younger brother, Zach, my mom was a kindergarten teacher, and she had Zach in her class. And she came to know Zach and love Zach, and we invited him into our home first as a foster child. And then our entire family, my parents, decided with us to adopt Zach. And Zach became a child in our family. He became my parents' child. He became my brother. And Zach was adopted into our family. And that adoption that happens is a powerful thing. I remember just a couple of years ago seeing online, and I love that people post these videos now, the video of a young girl named Ivy when she found out that her foster parents were going to adopt her. Careful of it up. I want you to read it. I'm going to be adopted. <laughs> we love you, sweetheart. We'll always be your parents. I love you. I love you. Wow. It moves me. It, it gets me. Emo- it gets me emotional. That is a powerful moment when a child discovers that he or she is adopted. That same experience happens to us when we come to faith in God. We are now part of the family. Our Father in Heaven loves us unconditionally. This is an important thing to realize because so many of us have this relationship with God, like it says, um, that we are slaves to fear. Think about this. In a household back in ancient Israel in the time, there would have been slaves, servants, And there would also have been children in the household. Sure, the children would have done chores, but the slaves had to do a lot of work and they didn't have the same status as the children. So this is interesting to think about. He's saying, look at the difference. A lot of people have a relationship with God like a slave, like a servant. They think, if I work hard and if I'm a good person, if I get rid of sin and add good stuff to my life, then God will love me. I'll do this and then he'll love me. If it's an if 
thing. And that's the relationship of a slave to a master. But in Jesus, what Paul is telling us, in Jesus, when we come to follow Jesus, that relationship is no longer as a slave, but as a son. We're adopted. We're a child of God. We're loved by him. And it is an unconditional love. There's a show on Netflix, Anne with an E. It's a redo of the old series, Anne of Green Gables. And in one of the episodes early on, Anne is brought into the family. And Matthew, who is basically the, the father figure, of course it's a, a man and his uh, a brother and a sister that are bringing this child into their home. But because of some bad decisions she made, that she, it was thought that she stole something from the family, they were going to send her back to the orphanage where she had lived for so many years that she had been ba- abandoned by her own parents and tra- treated poorly at the orphanage because she wasn't a child. She was always uh, had a relationship as, as basically the slave. If she did good, good things would happen to her. And if she did bad, bad things would happen to her. And she ran away. She was angry and she was upset. And, and, and even when Matthew comes after her and he finds her and he wants to bring her back to the house, she pushes against him. She doesn't want it. She is angry. She's upset. And of course she would be because her relationship is conditional. Her relationship is conditional. She thinks that people only like her and love her if she's good. And she's been bad. Or she's been suspected of being bad. Listen to me. I've come to take you to Green Gable. Why? So you can banish me whenever you feel like it? I am my own family now, and I am all I need. I've come for you. I came all this way. Oh, bully for you. Because so did I, and not by choice. I had to come all this way because you didn't want me. I do want you, Anne. We do. I would appreciate it if you would leave me alone. Please. Please? Oh, I'll give you a please. Please have the decency to let me be! Is there a problem here? Yes, there is. Is this man bothering you? No, no, no. no, no. This man is indeed bothering me. Not so. We're fine. She's my daughter. finally says that she's my daughter. She's my daughter. And when he says that, all of a sudden, all of Anne's, um, all the things that are blocking her just fade away. And all the insecurities, all the things that she's worried about, that conditional relationship she has had with any parent figure in the past has just completely melted away. And she is ready to accept the love of her new father because she realizes she has been adopted. In that same way, our Father in Heaven has an unconditional love for us. Even if we sin, even if we fall, even if we are are doing terrible things, God loves us. He cares about us. Even if we had just fallen into sin, some of you are watching, you were just falling into sin last night even. Well, guess what? This morning, guess what? Our Father in Heaven loves us. Your Father in Heaven loves you. He loves you. He really does. Brendan Manning once said, God loves you unconditionally, as you are and not as you should be, because nobody is as they should be. Your Father in Heaven loves you, so you can find your confidence in your Father. 
He loves you unconditionally. You're part of his family. And we that have children know that it doesn't matter what our children do. Even if they're stupid and rebellious and even if they were to run away, we would still love them and we'd seek after them. They are our children no matter what. And that's how our Father in Heaven feels about us. That's how our Father in Heaven feels about us. And I know that this is a weird idea for some people because perhaps you had a bad dad. Perhaps you had a father that was absent or or emotionally distant. And that's why I think... If that's you right now, and and you may be bristling at the idea of a Father in Heaven loving you, you need that more than ever. You need that more than perhaps other people because you need to know that there is a Father who loves you, who cares about you, who no matter what you do, wants you and loves you. You are His. You are a child of God. And you're beloved. And that's amazing because that status of child, that status of being adopted should change our outlook and in turn our confidence. And it also not only gives us a status, but it gives us an access to the Father as well. And that's what we see in verses 15 and 16. The second half of verse 15, we continue reading. And by him, the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So we talked about how when you believe in Jesus God's Holy Spirit lives in you. His power, His Spirit leads you. That's part of the reason why we know that we are the children of God and loved. We have that feeling inside of us that our heart has been warmed. Something powerful has happened between us. I once had a woman come up to me after a worship service and she said, I don't know what's going on. I just feel so emotional. I have tears coming down my face. And I said, well, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit of God working in you, testifying within your spirit. See, that Holy Spirit is in our spirit So that when we have a feeling in our heart, in our gut, the emotions that we have, and and when we talk and when we pray, the Holy Spirit carries that word, that feeling, whatever it is, and it carries it to the ear of the Father. And, And that's why it says, by Him, by the Spirit, we cry, Abba. We cry out to God and He hears us. We have an access to our Father in heaven. Now, my daughter McKinley I love her. I care about her. She has 100% access to me. She has 100% access to me. She can ask me for something. She can call me for something. She could interrupt a meeting if I were having one. And and I'm going to talk with her. Because I love her. She has the access to me that, sorry to say this, I love you, but you don't have the same access. (laughs) If you're in our church, I'm your pastor and you can call me up. But I might not answer as quickly or as efficiently as I would my own daughter. Because I love her. She has a special access because she is my child. And it's in that access that our confidence can grow. Tim Keller once wrote that the only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. We have that kind of access. We are the princes. We are the princesses. We're the daughters and sons of the king. If you are a follower of Jesus. We have that access to talk to God about anything, anytime. He's our father, and as a dad, he wants to listen. I find it really interesting that Paul says, we cry, Abba, Abba. This is the same language that Jesus used. And it was unique. As far as we can tell, nobody before Jesus used this term to refer refer to God. Some people called him father, but nobody called him Abba. Now, we've tried to translate that as dad or daddy, but it's, it's even more intimate than that. Because this word Abba, maybe we don't have it 
the exact same in English, but we have something similar. In fact, most languages have something similar because when an infant is young and they're first learning their words, the first words they say are things like dada, papa, mama, nana. These two-syllable words that are just showing this, um, this relationship of an infant to a parent. They, they know and they're just trusting. They're secure. They're confident as a child. I'm eager for our twins to start saying that. Um, you can ask Melissa. I always joke around. And I'm in the baby's face saying, Dada, Dada, Dada. Because I want them to say Dada first before they say Mama. And I think that Dada is a little bit easier of a thing. But Abba is the same thing. Abba, Abba. This is what a baby, an infant, would say to their parent. And Jesus, and in turn now, Paul is saying, we are like an infant. Just a child that doesn't even have a care in the world, but can just rest assured knowing that they have a parent that loves them. That is 100% access. And that's the access we have to our Father in Heaven. And because of that, I think we can have a confidence in this. Now, some of you were, were taught a very formal religion, and, and you don't have this, this same access relationship with God. And I want to tell you that if you are a follower of Jesus, you have that access. You don't have to say, Our Heavenly Father, these and thous, and, and looking up, Thy greatest, thouest, are so incredibleist. You know, it, it's so formal, and, and, and even if people are trying to do it to show respect, we're told that we can just say, Abba, Dada. It feels awkward because we're not used to referring to that. We think of God as so distant. Our Father who art in heaven. He's so out there and so distant. But God is our Father who loves us and He wants us to just say, Daddy, Dada. We can say that. And and that's awkward for some of you. It's weird for some of you. But that is the relationship. That is the access we have. And that is the confidence we have in approaching God. So if you're here and you're like me, if you're like me and you've had a rough week, I, I had a rough week. I really, I hit a wall this week, and um, not, in addition to our twins and our three-year-old, our refrigerator went out. It, 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 it still worked, but there was a fan that was going out in it, and it was, I swear, 85 decibels. It was so loud. It was deafening, and we were trying to figure out how to fix it. Um, we were on the phone. We were trying to figure out how to get parts, and the parts were two weeks away. Ordering a new fridge is a week away, and all the while there's this droning incessantly going on, and I just, at the end of that day, just lost it. I, I had had it. I was done. I didn't even know. I was just completely overwhelmed, and I had to go out into my car because I didn't know what else to do, and I just sat in my car. I took out my Bible, and I just, my soul just cried out to God. I didn't even know what to say, but I said, just God, help me. And I know some of you have felt that way. Maybe it's because of the frustration with your kids or something that you're dealing with health-wise or financially. You don't know how you're going to get through what's going on. You're worried. You feel stuck at home. You feel isolated, alone. Whatever the feeling is that you're experiencing right now, I want to tell you, you have 100% access to your Father in Heaven. And you can find your confidence in the Father's love. You can find your confidence in the Father's love. Just express that however it is. You can sing it out. Even if you can't express it in words, the Holy Spirit is inside of you crying out and your Father hears you, loves you, and will respond because He loves you. He loves you. He is not distant. He is there. He cares. He loves you. You're His child. He likes you. He likes you. And He has given you a new status. He's given you a new access. And He's also given you success. Yeah. He's also given you success. That's the third thing we see in verse 17. 
We read, now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God, and get this, co-heirs with Christ. Circle that if you're taking notes in your Bible. Co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we might also share in his glory. If you're wondering about that phrase, share in his sufferings, you need to come back next week. We're really going to talk about how we can have victory over suffering and over difficulties in our lives. But I want you to see the emphasis in this verse that we are heirs of God, that we are co-heirs with Christ, that Jesus, the perfect son of the father who did everything right and deserved a reward. Well, guess what? We receive his reward when we put our faith in him. We are the heirs of God. This is the inheritance. And uh, just think about it. If, if you had a, a father who had adopted you and this father had huge estates, had tons of money, had huge houses, had a, a house in the mountains, a house on the beach, and you were going to inherit it all, and you knew all that, that was going to be yours, you would feel successful. Because all of that would be yours. The inheritance is waiting. You don't have to work so hard striving and doing whatever you can to achieve your own success because you already have success. You already are the inheritor of the kingdom of God. You are a co-heir with Jesus himself. That is incredible. That is incredible. And it says we get to share in his glory. The glory of Jesus who sits at the right hand of the throne of God right now. We get to sit in glory. We get to reign with Christ, the scriptures tell us. We will be the, the princes and the princes to to. to to display God's glory for eternity in heaven. Wow. That inheritance is yours if you follow Jesus. Because Jesus died on the cross. And he takes our suffering. And we take his suffering upon ourselves. But we also receive his glory. His success is our success. That should give you confidence. That should give you so much confidence. Your father loves you so much that he is saying, no matter what you do, if you have faith in my son Jesus, then you are a co-heir. You will inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. Find your confidence in your father's love. You don't have to seek that success elsewhere. You don't have to try to, to please somebody else, a parent, a, a coach, a teacher. You're always trying to get admiration from other people so that you'll feel good about yourself. No, 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 no. We should have confidence because your Father in heaven loves you unconditionally. He has given you new status as an adopted child of God. He has given you access to talk to him as Dada. And he has even given you the success as if you had been the perfect son who did it all. Wow. That's incredible. And I want you to find your confidence in the love of the Father today. In our church, there's a woman named Jenna. And Jenna is going to share some of her story as how she found that confidence when she discovered her new relationship and that a Father in Heaven loved her truly, unconditionally. Let's hear her story. Hi, my name is Jenna Howard, and I have been a part of the Stapleton Church family since January of 2019. Some of you may have seen me in the children's ministry, um, which is really an honor to be able to serve you and your families in that way. And uh, this is just a very exciting thing for me to do, to share part of my testimony with you all. When I think about my faith journey and where it started, it was as a child. 
When I was about five years old and in first grade, one of my friends had invited me to uh, church. Her grandmother was our Sunday school teacher. So my parents didn't go to church, but my brother and I did consistently. So all through my childhood, I would get on the church van, they'd pick me up, and we would go to Sunday school, vacation Bible school, and that's definitely where I met Jesus and started to learn um, about Jesus. I can't necessarily say that I knew him at that time. When I was 15, my stepdad that had um, was raising me got cancer and passed away very abruptly in about 13 days. And at that time, um, I find great comfort in that pastor from the church came to our home, and my dad was definitely saved before he passed away. And my aunt, my mom would read from the Bible um, while he was passing. At that same time that I was uh, 15 years old, I found out I was pregnant. And so I carried a lot of burdens for a long time, and I wore a label as a failure. You know, I had these dreams and expectations, and I did well in school, and I played sports, and I was a cheerleader. So I had, I came from a two-parent home, so I didn't fit this criteria of being this broken person. But because of all of these things, I really felt like I had let myself down, that I had let my family down. I wore that label for a long time. I um, had another child by the time I was 19 um, from the, you know, from my daughter's dad. So I had two children by the time I was 19 um, in a very unhealthy relationship with my children's father um, until I was 24. But I had developed such a codependency relationship with him, and I really hadn't learned how to cope. And so we would kind of float in and out of church. So looking back now and knowing what I know, there was huge spiritual battle um, taking place and that excites me because God never let go of me. He just kept fighting for me when I wouldn't even fight for myself. I even went to one of my lowest points. I was about 24 years old and I remember hearing a voice saying, why don't you just kill yourself already? Why do you even want to live anymore? And now I know that's just because God is going to do really awesome things through me and it scared the enemy. And so that's the exciting part um, of that revelation now. But at that time, um, I moved from Arizona. I left my children's father, and we came here. And it was really, I was being, I was in the desert, and I was being carried to a promised land, which we'll just call Colorado now. But, um, and I still struggled for a couple years, and I finally found a church home at close to the age of 30. And I remember going in and hearing a pastor give a word. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, I hear God talking to me. And it was so personal, and it was so, um, it was special, and I just felt like I could just have peace with what he was saying, and for the first time in my adult life, I was hearing the truth about what God said about me, and it wasn't what I thought about myself, and it wasn't about the things that I still think about myself, or the things that I should be. The truth is what God says about me, and he says that I am loved no matter what, that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who saved me, that I can do all things, all things, so there are no limitations to what God can do in your life. And I have been healed and restored. When I found out who he says I am, um, there's just, there's no, there's no ceiling. Um, there's, there's no limit to what he can do through me and for me. My entire family's church now, uh, my kids, my mom, my brother, his family, 
Um, we even, you know, have family members in other states that jump on live streams with us, and um, just to see the power of Christ restore not only my life, but those around me, and to be able to know what God says about us, and to be able to come up against what the enemy says and against what the world says, and it's, and He says, "No, you are loved, and you are forgiven, and I am with you, and I will never leave you." And that's powerful. And to know that you're loved no matter what, unconditionally. That's just a game changer. Wow. Wasn't Jenna's story powerful? I want you to know that you have that love too. I want you to know that your Father in Heaven loves you and that He adopts you, that you are a son of the King, a daughter of the King, and that should give you a quiet confidence. You know, we're not going to have the Olympics this year, but I remembered back to the 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro, and there was a, a young woman named Maya Dorado. You might remember her. She won four medals as a swimmer in the Olympics. And um, she won a bronze, a silver, and two gold medals. And she was interviewed by Christianity Today because she is a follower of Jesus. And in the interview, she said this. I love this. She said, Knowing that I'm a child of God and that His love for me is determined by nothing I can achieve or do on my own, has given me a quiet confidence. A quiet confidence. It's because she knew that she didn't have to work hard and win a gold medal to, to please anyone, to get the respect of anyone. She already knew that she had a Father in Heaven who loved her unconditionally. That gave her a quiet confidence to go out and then achieve great things, and do great things, and even share her love for God with other people. Now, that's a powerful thing, and I want that for you. I want you to have a confidence to walk through this dark times. I want you to have a confidence to walk through this pandemic, to be with your family, to encourage them, to love them, so you don't have to try to get good grades or be better in sports or, or do something great with your career or raise your kids and be the best parent out there, the best Instagram mom. You don't have to do any of that because your Father in Heaven loves you. Find your confidence in the Father's love. Now, if you're here today and you want that relationship with your Father, but you've never accepted His Son, Jesus, and His death on the cross for you, I want to encourage you to do that right now. And I want to offer you this prayer right now so that you can say this prayer with me. And if you're ready to do that, just repeat this, read this prayer with me. Read this prayer with me. Father, I know that I'm a sinner and ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus was condemned for my sins and rose from the dead. Please give me the gift of eternal life. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I invite your spirit to live in my heart. Help me to follow you and live in victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer for the first time, you are a child of God. We're going to celebrate. I want to throw a party for you. And if we could right now, we'd all get together. People are cheering and excited. The angels are partying with you right now because you have been adopted as a child of God. You are loved by him unconditionally forever. And you have an inheritance in heaven forever. You can talk to him. You have access to your father now. That is so exciting. And if that was you, I want to hear from you and I want to talk with you to encourage you and pray with you. Would you please just text the number that's on the bottom of the screen right now. Text the word follow to that number. And if you do that, I'm going to follow up with you and I want to encourage you because you made such an important decision. Congratulations. And now for all of us, I want to say a prayer.
God, we come before you right now. Dad, Father, we come before you because we know that you love us. You care for us. You've adopted us. And you have an unconditional relationship with us. That no matter what we do, Jesus' death on the cross has forgiven our sins. And I pray that we in that relationship would have a confidence. That we would know we have a new status as your children. That we have access to you. So we can talk to you right now just like this. And that we can have success in whatever we do. Because that success is guaranteed in the inheritance that is kept in heaven for us right now. Lord God, I pray that you'd help all of us move out from today with confidence to face everything we're facing. Lord, help us find our confidence in you and in you alone. Amen.